We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome to Is This Real Life? A Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives and the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. Hope you had a wonderful week. And if you live in the U.S., a very happy Thanksgiving holiday. My guest today, I am so excited about her. Okay, you guys. I got Terry Maloney on the podcast, Katie's mom from Vanderpump Rules, but she's also, you know, a person in her own right, and we had a chance to discuss her life and where she grew up and how she grew up and what brought her to Utah and, you know, her experience being a mom of someone who's on this show that has just completely blown up and the experiences that she has with the other moms on the show and, you know, kind of her thoughts on a number of things. So we just have an absolutely lovely chat You know, I told you all during the episode about BravoCon that one of the highlights of my BravoCon weekend was meeting Terry Maloney and finding out that she'd actually been listening to my podcast. And we just have a lot in common and how we see reality TV and how we think it should be experienced and talked about. And I'm excited for you guys just to get to hear from her. Um, If you're interested only in hearing from Terry Maloney, then skip ahead. I put the timestamps in the show notes. But because Terry and I didn't get into this week's episodes of Housewives, I just wanted to share a few brief thoughts from the four Housewives shows that we have going on and Winter House, because I feel like I've been neglecting Winter House. So let's start with Potomac. I felt like this was a very Wendy-heavy episode. We found out last week that Wendy wants to start her own talk show, to which I say, girl, can you pick a lane? Just just one thing that you care about, that you want to work on, and that it lasts more than one season. Is it candles? Is it being a talking head on MSNBC? Is it being a professor? Or is it a talk show? And if you can do it all, which, my God, you know, more power to you, how? How the hell do you do all of those things? And how are they all your passion? And you have three kids. I I don't know. I honestly have not been able to follow Wendy. I, I can't understand her anymore ever since we found out that you know, she doesn't actually really want to be a professor and want to do political commentary stuff even though her first season, that's all she talked about, I've been very thrown off by her. So we do meet her friend, I think it's Kiana, who I believe is one of the people who ends up in a physical altercation 
off camera at the end of the season that was kind of buzzing about in social media a few months back. Um, So that was kind of interesting to meet her. She's going to be at Wendy's Kids First Communion, which I thought was beautiful. And it was interesting how everyone wore yellow, still laughing at Ashley Darby's outfit, which, you know, I'm not Christian, but I could assume probably isn't appropriate for a First Communion. (laughs) But Ashley just she cracks me up. Oh, my gosh. Um, So the communion was great. Everyone's there. And It all seems to be going well. It sounds like Ashley and Candace are fine to kind of be in the same space as each other. Me and Karen are making strides towards a friendship. You know, Robin and Karen are even going to be cool with each other for at least a few more episodes. So the real drama seems to be being set up for next week where Wendy and NECA are kind of being pitted against each other a little bit. And I'm trying to wonder how much of this was manufactured a little by Ashley um, and how much of it actually is them like having kind of side on each other. I, I don't really know. But Robin and NECA have drinks, and NECA tells Robin that Wendy's sister and mother have been attacking her family, calling her, threatening her, mentioning a shrine. Robin's like, that sounds like voodoo. I don't know. This all seems very sensationalized, and I don't really like where this is heading because they're trying to paint Wendy as some sort of outcast in the Nigerian community, which seems really nasty. I don't know. It seems kind of dark. I'm not... Not happy with the two Nigerians being pitted against each other on this show. But you all know Potomac is my fave and I love my girls. I just need Candace to come off tour because I want her in the mix all the time. I love her. All right. So Salt Lake City, we find out a lot of interesting things about Monica. I mean, it's just like an onion. We just keep pilling peeling off the layers. So Monica's mom, Linda, destroyed everything from Monica's birth father, all photos of him, anything, you know, that he left behind. And Monica swears she won't do the same with her oldest child, who has a different father than the man she has been married to and who ended up adopting her oldest child. And she did mention that, you know, she was with this guy. She was very young. They got pregnant. They had a baby. And one day she heard the baby playing with some sort of crumpled plastic in the kitchen and went in and found a bag of Oxycontin. So she said she hightailed it out of there and never looked back. You know, I'm kind of wondering, but what happened to him? Is he, you know, sober now maybe? Is he alive? Is he not alive? Is he interested in being part of the daughter's life? I don't know. Uh, maybe that's something they don't want to share on camera. Um, we do see Angie and Sean go on their first date in two years. I'm trying to understand if this is a real storyline. I'm assuming it is, right? But it's so awkward to see them not know what to say to each other. It's probably also because there are cameras there. And this is a normal guy who hasn't been on camera his whole life. And how do you have like an intimate, important conversation with your partner with these cameras and lights? And I I would be the same way. I wouldn't know what to do. But they decide that they are going to prioritize spending time with each other. And this seems to be a common theme among many of the marriages this season. Whitney and Justin, we see it and all of that. But 
The real highlights from this week's episode are definitely with Heather and Lisa when she has Lisa over and lays out Wendy's. I mean, that was incredible. (laughs) Part of me was like, does Lisa actually eat Wendy's or does she like to talk about how she eats Wendy's and only has like a couple fries and like a chicken nugget? (laughs) It was, yeah, but it was fun to kind of watch them bond. I really am enjoying, I love unlikely duos and this is definitely an unlikely duo and I hope that their friendship remains strong throughout the rest of the season and at the reunion because it's enjoyable to see two people who've not really been able to connect, finally connect. Um, And Heather has this, (laughs) I can't say without laughing, this like pioneer event somewhere in like, I don't know where the hell they filmed this, but it's out in the middle of nowhere and they are trying to make butter in mason jars. They're wearing bonnets and aprons. It is all over the place, but you know the costumes are incredible because eventually they're going to have an argument while wearing these silly bonnets, and that is going to make for incredible television, which it did. Of course, they play some sort of shady game. Who are you kicking off your wagon? Lisa Barlow, of course, says she's kicking Monica off, and that leads to a kind of altercation back and forth of words between Monica and Lisa. Tit for tat, tit for tat, you know, shouting at each other. Angie gets pissed. Everyone's trying to figure out what's going on. Angie throws a glass. <laughs> trying to get everyone's attention. Doesn't get everyone's attention. Eventually, Monica walks away and is crying. And Heather goes and tries to comfort her and is like, we need to announce that we're going to Bermuda, which was decided because Monica used to vacation there with her grandmother. I guess, you know, they always have to find a reason to go on a vacation. And this is really exciting because ever since Jen Chao was arrested, they weren't allowed to leave the country. And so this is going to be their first, you know, trip abroad in many seasons. And everyone's very, very excited for it. But Monica, all of a sudden, is saying she doesn't want to go on the trip. She goes from zero to 60 and then back to zero. And she says, you know, they're like, what happened to the Monica that was, you know, yelling a few minutes ago? And she's like, you killed her <laughs> like they did to Taylor Swift. <laughs> she's, like, she's so dramatic. Oh, my gosh. And you see Heather finally turn on Monica. I mean, like, what what do you mean? What did Lisa do to you that was so terrible? Because you were both shouting back and forth at each other. And I think Monica is someone who can dish it but can't always take it. And then she reverts to how she was or how she is with her mother, Linda, in arguments where they yell back and forth, but eventually she cries. And then, I don't know, it's just a very weird dynamic. It's the first time I'm seeing things I don't like from Monica because I have really enjoyed her up until now. But it's like, girl, if you're going to shout and say really terrible things, then stand by the terrible things you're saying or apologize. But don't go and pout and act as if you were wronged and you had nothing to do with the situation. You always throw, you know, gasoline on the fire. I don't know. We'll see. I'm still so, so curious what phone call Heather gets in Bermuda that we see at the very beginning of the season where she's like trying to get the cameras out of her room and she says that she can't believe what she's hearing on the phone. And I think it has something to do with Monica. And I just I want to know what it is. But I'm also so glad that we don't know 
because so many things are spoiled these days. You know, everyone seems to know what's upcoming on Beverly Hills or on Vanderpump Rules or whatever. I like to watch and not know. So I appreciate the casts that, you know, keep their mouths closed and let us experience the season as it goes on. So speaking of a cast that can't keep their mouth closed, actually, it has been this year since Lisa Rin has been gone. I'm just saying. But Beverly Hills. So it ends with, or it starts with Kyle storming out of Sutton's house after an argument, and it ends with an argument between Kyle and Sutton. I feel like they're really facing off a lot this season. We do get to see Erica and her mom, and I don't think I realized that Erica's mom was only 18 years older than her, and so they have a lot of the kind of dynamic, a little bit of what Marge and Marge Sr. have in terms of like you know, Margaret Joseph's kind of always having to watch out for her mom, make sure her mom's not too drunk, like that kind of thing. When Erica was younger, like she was said she was like 14 going to clubs with her mom and all of that. And I think that she has some maybe unresolved frustrations and feelings towards her mom for maybe not really playing the role of mom. And you know, that comes out when her mom visits and they get frustrated with each other after 24 hours. And it's like, I don't know. I I feel like her mom really loves her and cares about her and that she cares about her mom. I'm wondering if, you know, therapy might actually work for them. I don't think it'll work for Monica and her mother, but I do think it could be good for Erica and her mom. So, you know, that's just my two cents. But um, we see Garcelle, she has a movie that she acted and directed in and produced called Black Girl Missing, talking about how black and brown girls often go missing and don't get the same attention as, you know, white children. And I have not seen this film, but have heard quite good things about it. So I'm very interested in figuring out where I can watch it. But it was fun to watch that Denise Richards shows up, but no drama really happens. I think that's maybe next week or the week after when Denise shows up at a different event. Um, But at this event, Garcelle's son, Jax, actually goes up to Erica with you know, support from Crystal and says, hey, just want you to know that everything's good from last year. You know, remember when you yelled at me to get the fuck out of here? (laughs) He didn't say that, but it was a nice moment. And what was not as nice of a moment was watching Sutton and Kyle sit down and they're having this, it's so Beverly Hills. They're having this, like, almost like they're saying things without saying them You know, and I think what Kyle's trying to say to Sutton is, you've got a drinking problem, and I'm trying to let everyone know that you've been off. And what Sutton's trying to say to Kyle is, I notice that things are weird with you, and I want to know what's happening. And But they're not actually saying exactly what they want to uncover. I think the issue at the end of the day often with Kyle is that she's always asking other people to be honest. Just be honest. And then when it comes to her life, she picks and chooses what she's comfortable being honest about. Now, I totally understand that while she's trying to process what's going on in her own life and in her marriage, she may not want to speak about it as much or publicly or put it on a show. 
But one, that's partly what you signed up for. And two, it is very hypocritical for you to ask other people to be honest. But when it comes to you, you're not. And I think, you know, it's also she's been on the show the longest. I'm sure producers don't really force her to talk about certain things. And I think Sutton just wants to get it out of her Uh, you know, why are you exercising all the time? You've changed your eating habits. You don't drink anymore. You know, all of these things, what's going on? And, you know, it's not coming from a place of kindness and concern on Sutton's part. I do think it's coming from a little bit of a vindictive place. Like, hey, I want to expose you and what you have going on, not I care about you as a friend. Because at this point, it's very clear they cannot stand each other. Um, and then getting to Miami. Oh my gosh. I love the Real Housewives of Miami. I love every single one of them. They have so many interesting dynamics. It's so interesting and funny to watch them fight knowing how much they really do seem to love each other. That's one thing that came out from their BravoCon panel is that they really do appear to be very close and quite a sisterhood. So that even though there's arguments, they don't seem to be that deep. The only exception I can think of is between Marisol and Adriana. They just seem to hate each other. (laughs) But everyone else, seems seems okay with each other. It's very sweet that Julia is learning opera. Um, she's not particularly good at it, but I do feel like she could be if she did lessons for longer than just a couple weeks. So she has this big opera guy come and he's going to sing with her and they're practicing at Adriana's house and Adriana's playing the piano, which shout out to her. I had no idea she was so talented with piano. That's cool. Um, Adriana's dog goes up and starts humping humping the like man while they're singing opera. And I just I was like, this is exactly why I love Housewives and reality TV. Because you can't script that. That's just something that happened that they caught on film and it is amazing. We also see Lisa bring her kids over to Jody's house. Jody's her boyfriend. Although she tells the kids it's like Uncle Joe and they probably think he's one of the gay friends. But I'm pretty sure, you know, they're not dumb. I'm I'm sure they think something's going on, you know, maybe not romantic because they don't they're really young. But, you know, this is mom's like special friend. And speaking of Lisa, we find out this week, not on the show, but in real life, that she lives at a $32,000 a month condo, 17000 of which is paid for by her ex-husband, rightly so, and uh, 15000 of which is paid for by her current boyfriend, Jody. Part of me is like, yes, girl, like live the dream of all these men pay for your extravagant lifestyle. And then the other part of me is like, okay, this was an opportunity for you to get on your feet and for you to establish yourself as financially independent. And now you're living like beyond your means because you can't pay for it. And I mean, $32,000 a month, that's a lot of money. And I know she's used to that kind of money, but and I, I do believe that Lenny owes her a lot and to, you know, make sure that his kids are in accommodations that, you know, they're used to. But I don't know. Part of me is also like, couldn't you do like 15000 a month, 10000 a month? Like, why does it have to be thirty two? thousand dollars a month and why is the new boyfriend paying for it oh my god I think he's like moving in and whatever but 
It's crazy. And then another really crazy thing, which is very, very serious, is that Lisa basically accused Lenny this week of being violent with her at the end of their marriage. And she posted a photo on her Instagram stories of a bruise that she had while they were filming last year. And she said that it was a multiple weeks old bruise and it was on her arm. So it looked like Lenny had grabbed her arm and like really hard. Um and that is uh, horrible. I understand why Lisa is enraged by this man. You know, he promised to give her a lifetime of love and security. And he is now trying to pull the rug from under her and act as if she didn't exist and, you know, have his kids like uh, he's a horrible, horrible, horrible man. At the same time, I don't want to see Lisa get consumed by hate and the hate that she has for her ex when, number one, like she has such beautiful, wonderful children and a wonderful new boyfriend and a really cool job of being a housewife and is very well loved by the fandom. But I feel like she's not seeing all the amazing things that are in her life and she is so consumed by her hatred of Lenny and I just I don't want that for her. I want her to focus on hating him when it's time to hate him and then compartmentalize and focus on the wonderful things going on in the rest of her life. So that's what I have to say about that. I also was kind of weirded out a couple episodes ago where they were eating pizza and she closed the pizza box on her son's hand because he wanted another slice and he asked her like if it was a cheat day and I'm like, okay, <laughs> what kind of messages are you sending your children about food and bodies and all of that? Because, you know, maybe she's going to watch back and think, oh, God, that's horrifying. Let me <laughs> let me recaliber. Let me rethink this. Um, and of course, there's drama in a sprinter van. They're on their way to a charity basketball game for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And it all starts out because Adriana has gas. She needs to fart <laughs> and she's complaining about having to fart. And so they stop and they go to the bathroom somewhere on the way. And Marisol and Alexia are over her talking about Adriana's farting. Adriana's upset with them. It ends up coming back to Todd not being at Alexia's party uh, the other week. And, you know, Alexia says it's because of Adriana. Adriana says it's not because of me. Todd was totally fine to me. And they just kind of go back and forth and back and forth. And, uh, you know, I think Adriana is jealous of Alexia and the fact that she has a man to take care of her uh, who is wealthy. And I think Adriana misses having that. But I don't know. I can't understand why these like two keep going after each other. It's just over and over and over again. But Adriana is very upset. She's supposed to host Julia's fuck cancer event and like the following week. And she's saying, I don't want Marisol and Alexia there. And Julia is like not having it. Her partner just finished cancer treatment and she wants to celebrate and she wants everyone there. Gertie's currently going through breast cancer. Like let's all come together as a sisterhood and say fuck cancer and celebrate Martina. I, I, you know, and of course, Adriana is just focused on herself. Um, the whole thing is kind of nuts, but it was hilarious watching how many injuries they had, even though they played like 
maybe five minutes of the game. So poor Kiki sprained her ankle. Like it looked like a really bad sprain. You know, Marisol, I think it took a dive at one point. So next week in the preview, like someone's with a walker, someone's got their arm in a sling, all from this like charity basketball game. Oh, it's that would happen to me. That would be me. Very relatable. And then finally, want to end with a few thoughts on Winter House. I really enjoy that they're in Colorado and doing new things, and we get to view how beautiful Colorado is in March. And, you know, it's fun to watch them have parties and everything. But I don't know. I was really frustrated with Danielle the last couple of episodes because she acts like she's so, like, cool and chill and, oh, I'm going to hook up with you, Alex. But I'll also tell you to also go after Jordan because, you know, I'm a cool chick like that. I can hang. And then when he actually does kind of go after Jordan, she gets jealous and angry and she's drinking and she's not able to explain herself well. They get in this ridiculous argument and then... (laughs) The next day or like everything's cool. And maybe it's because I don't drink very much and I don't get to the point where I get, you know, blackout drunk and don't remember what happened the night before. But it's really annoying to be around drunk people who are fighting. I refuse. (laughs) I am too old for that. It is not fun. And people repeat themselves over and over. They make no sense. And you just want them to go to bed so that they can wake up and be who they normally are, right? And with Danielle, I realize I like her sober, but I'm not the biggest fan of her drunk. And unfortunately for me, Winter House is all about getting drunk. Now, not all of their personalities seem to change. Corey seems to be the same when he's sober and when he's drunk. Brian Benny, the same. A lot of them the same, but Danielle does seem to sort of flip and, I don't know, worries me. Um... And then finally, Katie, the chief stew from Below Deck, is interested in Tom Schwartz. She had not ever seen Vanderpump Rules. <laughs> and Tom won't likes her too, but won't get with her because her name is Katie. And then we find out that she has the same middle name as Katie Maloney, who is Tom's ex. I also find it interesting that Tom Schwartz all of a sudden cares about how his behavior might affect his ex-wife. Because he didn't seem to care the entire time that they were together, the entire time they were married, and even as they were going through their divorce when he made out with Raquel. So I'm wondering, like, what it is now. Is it because the whole scandal thing happened and he doesn't want the backlash that he could get? Or does he actually care? A part of me thinks it's all kind of fake, And I'm not a Tom Schwartz hater or anything. I just, I don't know if I buy that he cares that much. I think it's he is afraid of backlash. And I don't know if it's backlash from Katie Maloney or if it's backlash from the fans because he is in the thick of it. Scandaval has just happened. um, And, you know, I think he's getting a lot of hate and yeah, that's that's my theory on it, but would love to hear from all of you. 
Okay, guys, sorry. I talked way too long. That's why I put timestamps in the episode. Some of you like hearing what I have to say. Some of you probably just want to get to the conversation with Terry Maloney. As always, if you enjoy the podcast, go ahead, give it a five-star rating and leave a kind review. If you have any constructive criticism or just want to reach out, you can find me on Instagram at Mandy Slutsker. All right, we'll take a quick break and then back with Terry. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hi, everyone. I am here with one of our favorite moms, Terry Maloney. She's someone who I've connected with online for many years. We got to meet in real life at BravoCon, which was so fun. You know, she's a mom, a grandmother, a realtor, and I just wanted to have a chat so that, you know, we all can get to know her better because she just seems like so lovely and such a fantastic person. So welcome to the podcast, Terry. Oh, and thank you so much for having me, Mandy. It was so wonderful to finally meet you in person at BravoCon. It was, I felt like I knew you already. I did too. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> it was wonderful. And, and this is great. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So, you know, we know a lot about Katie from watching the show, and we've seen you on the show kind of here in and out a little more last season than previous seasons. But, you know, we don't know much about you. So I wanted to hear a bit about where you grew up, how you grew up, if you had siblings, all of that. Well, that's sweet of you to ask. Um, I grew up in Southern California, born and raised. Um, I have three brothers and um, two grandkids, as you know. Yeah. Uh, so I lived in Southern California all my life until I was in my late 20s. I was on a ski vacation and I happened to meet Katie's dad. Of course, I mean, who became Katie's father? I met him on, <laughs> I met him on a ski trip. You know, it's kind of one of those stories that everybody, that we, oh, I'm going to go on a ski vacation and meet a hot guy. Well, I did. And he lived in Utah. I lived in Southern California. And so we corresponded. I went back out to see him a couple of times. Long story short, within a year we were married. So it was just kind of one of those fairy tale stories. We made Utah our home and raised our kids there. Katie was born and raised in Park City, Utah. Oh my gosh, that's an incredible story. I love these stories. So, <laughs> you know, Park City, we get to see on the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City a lot. I mean, many of them live in Park City. A lot of the restaurants they go to in Park City, I know it's about 45 minutes between both cities. Um, do you feel like the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City accurately captures the experience you had in Utah? Not one bit, no. As, <laughs> as a ma- as, especially the first year. The first year was kind of comical to me because, you know, living there for so many years, I never saw uh, women walking around dressed in, in <laughs> the way they did. It, it just was, it was kind of comical, but 
Um, I really do enjoy seeing it. And because I don't live in Park City anymore, I love any time they show the town of Park City. So that's interesting. And I I really am enjoying this season, though, especially. Oh, my gosh. Me too. Do you have any Mm -hmm. favorite people you like to watch on the show? Well, I really I, I like them all now. I, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. At first, I couldn't I couldn't get into Lisa Barlow. She I just didn't. To me, she seemed phony. Um, I hope I can say that. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's okay. But right now, this season, I think they have the perfect cast. I think with Jen Shaw not being with them the realness it, it comes out of each one of them. And I'm totally enjoying each and every one of them this season. Me yeah. too. And I recently met, I met Whitney at BravoCon and that was, and Meredith, and that was wonderful. So oh, it was so yeah. fun. I got to meet Heather actually at the airport on the way out of BravoCon and she could not have been kinder, lovelier, more down to earth. Right. Yes, I know. They all are. And it's just, I, I love to see that. And you know who else was wonderful? Whitney's husband, Justin. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed him very much, too. I know we're kind of jumping all over the place oh, right now. Oh, we can now, jump but... wherever you want to jump. Okay. I just like getting your thoughts on on that because I know that you, you lived in Utah. Well, now you live in Vegas, and you told me mm-hmm. at BravoCon that you have aging parents that are there, um, yes. and that sort of brought you there. But, you know... What is it like living in Vegas? Is it, I don't know, because it's like we all know the strip, but then people who live in Vegas have a different experience. So what's that like? Oh, my gosh. I never thought I would enjoy, I would enjoy living in Las Vegas. If you would have told me that 20 years ago, I would have thought you're crazy because it's true. You relate uh, Vegas, Las Vegas, to the strip. Mm-hmm. And everybody, I used to think, how can anybody live here? Well, I live way west, you know, way west of the strip um, in Summerlin and it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. And what I enjoy most about living there is it's easy. It's easy living and and everything's accessible. Um, You can, you can go from one end of the Valley to the other end of the Valley on a surface street. So like you can take Flamingo from the West side all the way far East without even being on a freeway. Uh, It's just, I really enjoy it a lot. And I, I, I don't go to the strip. The only time I go to the strip is if um, any of my kids or friends are in town and they say, hey, come on up and have lunch. Well, I shouldn't say I don't always. Um, I recently went to a show, a Circus LA show. And so occasionally, but other than that, my life is away from the strip. It's kind of nice being able to live somewhere where really big names and actors and singers come, you know, and do shows. So, for example, you know, Adele and, you know, you know, if you really wanted to go see her, you wouldn't have to book plane tickets to do that. Right. Which is, you know, I'm always jealous of people who live in New York City because Broadway is right there. And I know it's not realistic to go all the time because it's so expensive, but it's it's certainly less expensive than having to make a whole trip out of it. So I'm yes. very jealous of people that get that get the chance to be able to do that. I know that you're a realtor by profession mm-hmm. and would love your thoughts on I guess how first of all how real estate has sort of become this magnet for reality TV shows. I mean, do you find that real estate is so interesting that you think it makes sense that reality TV has kind of gone there? And then how do you feel 
these shows such as, I don't know if you've watched Million Dollar Listing or Selling Sunset or, you know, just seen a, a little bit of it. How do you feel like they portray working in real estate? Well, I've watched them all, <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course, because I en- enjoy them. Um, one of them that I couldn't really relate to was Million Dollar Listing New York, because I- I'm not familiar with New York. I've been there a couple of times, but um, and-, and the whole real estate market is so completely different there. Uh, I look at Selling Sunset and those shows, especially Selling Sunset, and I, I don't think it's portrayed in real life as far as being a real estate agent, because some of these real estate agents on that show are brand new. They bring them in brand new, no experience. And all of a sudden they're selling a $3 million, $4 million home. No, that doesn't happen. There is so much to learn so much before you even can get to that first listing or first showing. So, but I, I enjoy it. I, I enjoy the, the storylines and looking at the beautiful homes, very envious of their commissions because my commissions are a lot different. (laughs) Um, So it's, but it's, it's like anything else, you know, it's the the glitz and the glamour of it all. So I do enjoy it, but no, I don't think it portrays the real. Now there might be some agents. They're quite experienced. Like, um, Oh, what's her name on selling sunset OC. Alex Hall. Yes. Now, from what I understand, she's been in the business for quite some time and she obviously knows what she's doing and she's very experienced. So, you know, I admire that. But I'm just talking about some of the newer and I know it's just part of the storyline when they bring in somebody brand new and no experience at all. But it's it's fun. I, I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's just so interesting to watch because they take away any of the hardship of the job, which includes, you know, putting the Um, offers together and often sometimes like really outside of business hours trying to kind of get things in and they just show like oh here's this (laughs) Amanda you're so right on that part yes there's (laughs) there's a a whole lot more behind that so yeah you're very right on that call (laughs) I mean I've only been through the experiences buying and that was nine years ago but my god like (laughs) it was so stressful I don't know if I can go through it again (laughs) I just might right? have to live here forever. I know. And each each deal that I do is different. I mean, so different. There's not there's not two deals alike. Some are very easy, go very smooth, and others just have so many hurdles and so many, oh, tackles and challenges. And you know, the whole time I'm trying to remain calm, I have to keep a calm voice to keep my buyers like everything's okay. Everything, don't worry, you know. Yeah. So it's it's twofold. You're trying to keep yourself calm and not get too stressed. And at the same time, very uh, be very calming to your clients as well. And I when think, behind the yeah. scenes, it's like, oh my gosh, this deal's going to fall right? apart. I know I, it is. It was just, <laughs> you know, in Washington D.C., not as much now, although sometimes now, but especially when I bought, it was such a seller's market. And so there would be so many bids. There were at least 15 bids, I think, on the place that I got. Mm -hmm. And mine wasn't even the top one. The top one fell through and it went to me. So, (laughs) you know, it's just like, yes, that's exhausting and scary. You know, like, you just don't know. As challenging and stressful as it gets, though, I just love real estate so much. You know, I was in the restaurant business for over 25 years, which I enjoyed. But I just really, really have a passion for real estate. And it's just so wonderful um, having a relationship with the clients, you know, because this is a very 
one of the most important thing, decisions they do make in their lives um, is purchasing a home and especially a first time home buyer. So I enjoy that so much. And then on the selling side, it's not quite as stressful as stressful because you're more in charge of everything else. But right. on the buying side, on the buying side, it's yeah, especially like in your case, multiple offer situation oh is. Oh my gosh! Ooh, yes, yeah. Well, let's talk about the restaurant business for a little bit. So we've seen on Vanderpump Rules that Katie said that she was raised in the restaurant industry mm-hmm. because of you, and she knows a lot about it. And we haven't really seen her be able to get to sort of flex that muscle. Um, but now we are, as she's opening her own sandwich shop with Ariana. You know, tell me a bit about you know, your experience in the industry, and then what advice you've given her? Well, my experience has just um, been wonderful. I mean, uh, you know, I was a server for many years younger, so working my way. And then as I became um, a business partner in the restaurant that Katie worked with, all my kids worked there. Um, but there was no favoritism. <laughs> they, didn't, they, they they couldn't call me mom. I mean, and everything was fair and and, and there was a lot of respect um, from my employees because of that. And um, but anyway, um, it was a wonderful opportunity for me to I ran a restaurant and I, I look back now, Mandy, and I don't know how I did it. I ran a restaurant, managed a restaurant full time, but also managed to volunteer in school activities. I was um PTO president. I was, you know, uh, uh, um, a football mom. I was, I coached cheerleading. I, I don't know. I just did so much. I was always, I was, I served on a lot of boards. Uh, There's the, my, my mind is spinning the Park City, uh, Park City school board, the uh, ski team, board. I just, a lot of, you know, I was very, very involved in the community. I was just always that type of person, but I never missed out on an, on a band concert or a school play or a football game. My, my son played football. My other son was heavily into band. Katie was a cheerleader. Um, so I, I, I did it all and I still managed to work full time in a restaurant. It, it's exhausting to me now. I don't know how I did it, That's but it's impressive. It <laughs> And what was really wonderful is having my kids be able to come and work with me, beside me. They could see my work ethics. I could see theirs. And they worked many, many years for me. Katie started at 13. I can say that now. I couldn't say that before because really she wasn't supposed to, but we kept her in the kitchen. Um, and all my kids did a wonderful job. And their work work ethic was incredible. Um, they could have really taken advantage of this situation. Had Well, they couldn't have, but they could have tried. Um, so I'm, I'm very proud of, of being able to see them work, them grow up. They all did so well that I really wanted them to kind of follow my footsteps into management, but they didn't want to. Neither one of them wanted to. So it's it's kind of a full circle now to see Katie back into it, you know, because she will do an incredible job. I know she will. I've already watched her from the learning process. You know, they've been working with um uh, a, a consultation group. And um, just, I told her yesterday, I said, you're such a businesswoman now. I'm so proud of you, you know, because she's really learning the business ground up now, more so than just working as a server in the, in the restaurant with me. 
She did work in all areas of the restaurant. So, you know, as far as that goes, she just picks it up. And so I think her and Ariana will do quite well. Oh, I think so, too. And I just feel bad that they're dealing with all the permitting issues and all the, you know, DC is kind of similar to West Hollywood in that way, in that the local government is a bit of a mess. And the rules keep kind of changing and what's on one website and what one person tells you isn't exactly what it really is. And so you're just constantly trying to chase information and you know, go with the guidelines. And I can understand, like, I know what that's like, because it's like that here with absolutely anything you do. It's crazy, because Mm -hmm. I never had that. Well, and I didn't start ground up with the with our restaurant, we but we did some major renovations that caused we had to close and then reopen. And as far as permits and everything, we didn't have any kind of issues like, but I'm seeing it firsthand with Katie. And it's like, wow, it's like, what, what next, you know, but they're getting closer, it's getting closer and closer. But it's, it's been very challenging on that end. And it just blows my mind that the, the whole passing the inspection thing is such a huge process here. Yeah, I don't know. That's just I feel like sometimes people are just power hungry a little bit. And that mm-hmm. the regulations don't necessarily make the restaurants safer. You know, it's like if they did, that would be one thing, but it seems to work smoother elsewhere. And those restaurants and permits and buildings and all that are just as safe as the ones in West Hollywood. So it's like, right. (laughs) It's more red tape. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Getting into Vanderpump rules a bit. You know, when you first learned from Katie that she was being considered for a reality TV show, did you have any concerns? Did you did she come to you for advice? No, but I remember talking about it with the girls, um, Kristen and Stassi um, and Katie, because they were all very, very close before the show, as you know. Um, No, I didn't really, because I was not familiar with that whole TV, you know, um, I was excited for the possibility for them. And I just figured if it was a new adventure, you know, Katie had been going on auditions and sort of working towards uh, doing TV commercials. And, you know, she had a few little, she was in a few little shows. Um, she had a little, small little roles. So it was kind of exciting to see that maybe there was going to be another, a new step, but it didn't seem so real. So I was just thought, okay, that's, that's fine. Just go along with, you know, go see what can you can do. I remember that so well. And that was probably a year before they actually, it was right before they were start, um, beginning to do a pilot. I think they were still in the auditioning where everybody had to audition. Everybody from Sir, that was, you know. But yeah, so I didn't, she didn't come to me for any advice. It was just one of those things that this might happen. It's like, oh, sounds sounds good. So <laughs> when did you know that the show had really made it? I think I can't remember if it was the first year, second year. I think it was the second year when I was out to lunch with Katie and there was a little family sitting across from us. And once we were done eating, everybody wanted to get a picture. Every family member wanted to get a picture separately. And then it was like, oh, and then another time we were, I don't know, we were just in a department store looking at makeup and a bunch of girls ran over to her and I thought, oh, she's being recognized. So it didn't really, 
it didn't even really hit me, I think, until a little bit further on where, wow, this show's getting very, very popular. More of my friends would say, oh, yeah, we're watching Katie, you know. Um, I don't, I can't, it's been so many years, I can't really put an exact time frame on it. I guess it was a little bit further on when they asked me if I wanted to film too, or if I would. And um, then I thought, well, okay. I mean, this, it, this is, I'm part of Katie's life. It wasn't like I was being casted, you right. know, that was, it was just, she would have an event and I would be there just like any other mom or just, even if they were filming or not, I would still show up for Katie, you know, um, they just happened to be filming. So um, yeah, I guess I can't, like I said, I can't really put a, a, a time on when I realized it was such a success. Do you feel like when you were watching back, especially those early seasons, that the show accurately captured Katie and like her personality? You know, because it's so it's so hard. You watch a show a lot. Of, for example, a lot of people I know are friends in real life with Crystal um, Kung Minkoff who is on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And I've heard them say, oh, the way they edit her just doesn't feel like it captures the, I feel like they're getting 20% of who she is. And the audience isn't able to like see the full picture of who she is. And I'm not sure if that's editing. I'm not sure if, you know, she behaves differently around the women than she does around the rest of us. But I always find that so interesting. And then other people will say, oh, that's exactly who my friend is, you know? Um, how did you feel like as a mom watching Katie, did you feel she was accurately captured on the show? No, I mean, I can't say that what you see was her. I mean, obviously yes. Katie is, yeah. Which, But there was such a different side of Katie that wasn't shown. You know, Katie is very, very kind hearted and you don't, you don't see that side of her so much. She's very caring, very giving, um, and so they, I don't feel that they showed the whole Katie. Um, and I understand they, you know, have to have us, I, I hate to call it poor editing or bad editing because what they say and do is what they say and do. So mm -hmm. there's nothing, there's nothing phony about that, but there's just so much more to Katie throughout the years. And I think now people are starting to see that side of Katie um, because she is a very sweet and it, of course I'm her mom you know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say that but yes to answer your question um I, I don't think they captured the whole true Katie or they captured it it wasn't shown you know so I I'm asking because I f feel that way as someone who's been watching since the very beginning you know thought I was watching Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and all of a sudden this new show was on and I was confused uh, but I kept watching week after week and I'm trying to think of like when exactly I was like there's something they're not telling us about Katie you know and and for me I think the way that I view her is she's someone who has a very tight-knit close circle and she's very loyal to those people but she doesn't let people in that circle unless she can vouch for them unless they've proven to be, you know, not someone who goes and gossips and shares all, everyone's business. And so that I'm always like, oh, she's real smart about who she keeps close to her. That's always what I've 
felt very much very very much so you hit that up yes absolutely that has how katie is you know she is very loyal and she's very protective of her um friends and her friendship group and if if katie likes you she she'll fight for you in every aspect you know she is very very true very very loyal and that's what I've always liked about you Mandy that's what really attracted me to listening to your podcast um, is you have such a good uh, I'm looking for words you always seem to read into things so much more and so true it, I'm, it's hard to explain. Like your opinion, Aww. your opinion is always, and, and not just with speaking of Katie, but other other shows that I watch too, and everything. You just always dig a little bit deeper. You know that there's more there, and 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 you express it in such a genuine way that you can see that. I've always appreciated the fact that you can see that in others. And, and like I said, not just speaking of my daughter, but you did. You you hit it on the the nose there, but others because we all kind of can form our opinion um, in one way or another. I guess I just have always related to you and you just know that you don't take something that's shown on TV, a particular person or a particular and, and, and make a negative opinion. You just kind of dig a little bit deeper and can kind of see through that. And I just love that about you. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, my gosh. I couldn't believe you actually listened to my podcast because, you know, I just do this off the side of my desk for the hell of it for fun because I want something different than my job to focus on when I'm at home um, that I enjoy that's, you know, creative and and everything. But the reason I watch these shows and I'm so into them is because I'm trying to figure out why people behave the way they do in different circumstances. And Mm -hmm. I find it fascinating that people can be put in the same situation and react so differently. Um, And I just find human behavior fascinating. And so I was always like, okay, why is Katie doing this? There's a reason, you know, why Mm -hmm. is she behaving this way? And one of the kind of puzzle pieces that sort of made sense for me, and I'm still upset with Evolution Media about this, because they did not share it until season six. But in 2009, Katie uh, suffered a fall through a skylight. And she had a broken jaw, broken collarbone, multiple broken ribs, and a brain injury. And on the show, it wasn't until season six that she opened up about this and said that it did lead to depression. And, you know, her reaction, um, you know, brain injuries are so complicated because they Mm -hmm. impact every aspect of a human, um, the human experience, right? Everything from being able to walk and talk and how you experience the world to also your mood and your personality and how you feel. So when she said that, I thought, why haven't they talked about this before? You know, as her mother, I'm wondering just how was that experience for you when you found out she had this accident? You know, was she still, was she friends at the time with Stassi and Kristen? Were people rallying around her? Um, Or was she so young that it was kind of like in between life experiences, you know, like after high school, but before she met that group? Well, first of all, it's the worst call any parent can possibly receive. And that was very, very difficult. And for a couple of years after that, every time my kids would call me, it's everything okay. But, you know, I mean, that that call stuck with me for 
several years I had to get over that. It's the fear of getting another phone call. She actually at that time had just started working at Sir. She was she had been training at Sir. She was going to start picking up her own shifts. Um, so she had just become friends with Kristen and Stassi, just newer friends. She had, and so she had that accident. I immediately got on a plane and got right out there. And, you know, back then I used to, I, I still don't care to fly. I, I, I fly more now, but nothing could stop me, you know, and I got on, I got on standby actually. And just as we were getting ready to land in LA, we had to abort landing because something was on the runway. So what? then we had to circle. So oh all the time, just, I know, I'm trying to get to the hospital because my, my daughter is in you know, the trauma unit. I'm trying to get there and trying to, and just the, the worst things are going through my mind. And now we're aborting our landing and circling the airport until we can land and then getting through. But anyway, um, she pulled through. It was very, I, just thinking back, I can't even explain sitting by her bedside, what, you know, how hard, how terrible, it was just terrible. And um, finally, when she started showing she progress and recovering a little bit, she was still in the um, ICU unit. The most, um, uh, the one thing that was on her mind is, oh my gosh, I'm going to get fired from Sir. Oh, I've got God. a shift to show okay. up from. I'm serious. So I had to call Natalie from her. She was still all hooked up to everything. And that's what she came, woke up. And that was what was on Katie's mind the most. And I remember that phone con- conversation to Natalie. She had this accident. And, and anyway, um, so we actually had to, it's kind of a long story, just her recovery, because she had to have a surgery immediately um, because of, Things that her jaw, her jaw and just teeth were missing. And there was just all kinds of things. And her um, doctor canceled her surgery. And it was right before Thanksgiving. And this was in L.A. And so we had to find somebody right away that that could take care of this. And I mean, all of my family was on phones trying to reach out. And so finally, my mom ended up getting a hold of her real estate agent at that time. I wasn't living in Vegas. And he said, I've got somebody. Long story short, they we got in the car. We drove straight from L.A. to Las Vegas. That staff was already closed. They were at the door waiting for us. So they could bring Katie in and take care of us. They got her in the hospital right away so that they could take care of the issues that needed immediate attention. And that was just the beginning of it. Um, We actually, Katie spent her recovery time at my parents' home because I was in Utah. I had, I drove back from LA to my parents' home with Katie, of course, to get her into this doctor, get her into surgery, get her back into the hospital, all those things. She had to have her jaw wired and shut And um, so we probably stayed there. That was November. I think in January, she was strong enough to go back home. And she had um, a really good group of friends that supported her at that time. Yeah. So it was, it was a hard time. And, um, you know, we didn't talk about it a lot after that, you know, because she really needed to heal. And if she wanted to talk about it, I would. But other than that, we didn't talk about it. I don't, I felt kind of bad because I didn't realize that she had been suffering so bad from depression, you know, because she, not long after that, 
just a couple years after that is when they did start the pilot and all that. Um, but when they showed that, I, I don't remember what season that was. Was that season six? Season six. Oh, my heart just broke and it just, I just relived it all over, you know, and every year, November 9th is we celebrate, you know, because to Katie's has always considered that her rebirth, you know, mm-hmm. it's um, that fall and she could have, she could have died. I mean, she fell 25 feet through that skylight and they had told me that what really saved her life is she hit the um, banister and that broke her fall. So when she came through, she hit the banister and then she fell. um, And the person that fell through with her fell on top of her. (laughs) It sounds, (laughs) yes, it, 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 well, it was bad. It sounds bad and it was bad, but um, that, that's what saved her life. I, you know, that in God and the angels that surrounded her, yeah. you know, so yes. Yeah. What a horrifying experience. And, you know, I'm sure as a mom, it, you always want to like protect your baby. Oh my and, gosh. Yeah. You know, and then when it comes to things like mental health and mental illness and depression, like you can't, you know, it's, and people don't always realize how bad they're in it until they're out of it. I find a lot. And mm-hmm. so maybe mm-hmm. it's also looking back and saying that was a really bad time. And I suffered in this way because a lot of times, you know, people and myself even don't realize how bad something is until you kind of things clear. Right? Yes, absolutely. And boy, today, though, it's just the woman she's become. Yeah. And where she's at now in her life. I'm just so very proud. I see her confidence back. I just see her attitude and just, well, her health, you know, but she, I, she's been through a whole, whole lot and it's just makes me so happy to see where she's at now and to see how she carries herself. And um, yeah, it's, it's great. So going through a lot with her, going through the divorce, the move, all of that was just, I mean, the accident. Yes. Like you say, that, that was so years. And I guess I kind of, I don't try to block it out of my mind, but I I, I do a little because it was very, very painful, you know? And like I said, every time my kids, I used to drive my kids crazy because every time they would call, I would think, oh no, something's wrong. Something's wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Something's wrong. You know, and it it took me a long, long time to to get over that, but um, we're all good right now. So you are. Um, So I guess, okay, here's a couple questions I have about Vanderpump Rules for you. So, you know, it seems like being on reality TV comes with both positive and negative attention. I think most of the positive you saw at BravoCon where everyone's so nice to your face and kind and excited. And then, you know, but you still get written about in tabloids or personal details of your life get leaked before you want them leaked and hateful direct messages on, on social media you know, watching um, the show over the seasons, you just seem to be such an anchor for Katie. I think we've established that just through this conversation. But how do you support her and the other, her friends who are on the show through this experience? Because this is something I always say is I cannot imagine what it must be like to be on social media and have people have hate coming towards you. You know, it's over show. It's over stupid show, you know? it just, it boggles my mind, you know, 
and I'm not as familiar with social media, but it seems like, for example, Lala has really focused on kind of cutting anything out that's negative. And, you know, Katie seems to be quite good at that, too. Yes, but, you know, it. there are times when you can't, you can't help but let it affect you. And I know it's affected yeah. Katie. It's affected all the girls. I mean, it it, it's inevitable. It's it, it's going to. They're very very strong, and they've gotten more thick skin. But of of course it is. And and one example is it's hard enough to get a divorce, than to live it publicly, and then to have to hear everybody's opinion of what you're doing wrong or why are you doing that when they don't even have the whole story. They don't know the all the behind the scenes. And and as a mom, it's really really difficult to. Um, repassed that and to avoid it entirely. I try to, but social media can get very, very ugly at time. And there was one season where I can't, again, I get my seasons mixed up, but Katie had a very, very difficult time and she got a lot of hate, a lot of hate. And that was so hard. It's just heartbreaking on any level for a mom to read or hear that, you know, but then again, I used to tell Katie early on, it's like, for every one bad thing that said, Katie, go past it and look at the two, three other real positive comments. You know, that was early, early, early on. Um, but the girls have gotten a lot better about that, you know, and and being at BravoCon, like, oh, my gosh, seeing the fans, the real fans and express the love and their stories behind it and everything just makes up for any negative comments, 100%. We were just discussing that the other night at dinner. We went out with Lala and Lala's mom. And I, I said, you know what, just experiencing that with Katie, because this is my first BravoCon, and seeing those fans day after day, hour after hour, just lining up. And um, it was just overwhelming. It just, it's like, I, and you guys can write the negative stuff, but these are the true, true fans that, you know, really support these girls 100%. It's, I mean, Vanderpump Rules was really my, like, it's been my favorite show on Bravo um, since the beginning. But I, I'd watched it, but I didn't get to be like a super fan kind of until my mom died. And I, you know, my apartment burned down. Everyone knows the story at this point. I know. It's just so like strong. not a great moment in my life, but yeah. I was able to like connect a bit with the show because it was entertaining, right? And it was mm-hmm. not, uh, I don't know, all, all the scripted shows seemed too serious and I couldn't handle. And then um, Ariana opened up about losing her dad on that mm-hmm. same season where I had just experienced loss of a parent because I thought, oh, no one my age goes through this. Every time I go to synagogue to say the mourner's cottage for my mom, I'm surrounded by people my mom's age speaking it for their mom, you know? And so it just mm-hmm. like is a constant reminder. It was She was so young. But then I saw Ariana and I was like, oh, I'm not alone in this, you know? And then uh, unfortunately, uh, Jax and Lala lost their fathers. And I mean, that's horrible, but I I could understand Lala. You know, she was angry. She was acting out. I said, I recognize that, you know, I recognize that pain and you feel connected, right? And then you see them, you know, continue living, which is right. not easy. And 
I just I just have a love for for that that cast and how entertaining they are and how I really do feel like they have these strong bonds even when they get frustrated with each other. It does feel real and that's probably because they all knew each other beforehand. Right. And because they're they are very real. What what you see with each one of them is very, very real. That you 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 know said it correctly when you said it's not scripted. There's nothing scripted about Vanderpump rules. And what makes it really unique is each one of them are different enough to where they're relatable and helpful. And I appreciate you saying that because that's important to the girls too when they tell their story or share their deep emotions and all of that. They're just hoping if it can help one person, then it's worth it, you know. Um, So it's wonderful to hear that. And I'm sorry with what you went through, but it also makes me feel well that through watching Vanderpump Rules I know that it's called you but I mean it's the goofiest thing it's like that's, this is what I held on to that and watching watch what happens live you know because that would be on later I wasn't sleeping much mm-hmm. so it was just like oh there's this network of programming and I don't have to be up alone at night you know I can just right. be with my tv friends that's sweet I love hearing that no I I I love that because that's what as a parent we don't always hear that part of it it's just like why aren't you doing this and why are you so mean and why are you so unhappy you know Um, but regardless the fact that they can touch lives um, through this and through their craziness and I I love to hear that so and yeah but um, it's also very difficult you know and and I guess that's what what it what makes it relatable is because people go through the same challenges. Yeah. Be it, I mean, through through all the whole, whole cast, they've all shared a part of their lives that are, um, I don't know, so different. But yet, there's somebody out there that's going through the exact same thing. Totally. You know? And you know, I'm at yeah. the age where a lot of people are going through divorce, kind of a first marriage sort of maybe (laughs) situation. And a lot of times there's not necessarily hate for the partner that they are separating from. It's just Mm -hmm. not the right fit and it's not working out for them. And I think watching Katie and Tom separate and try and navigate the fact that they didn't despise each other, you know, that they had, it was, very relatable, I think, you know, and they have these dogs and they want to stay friendly and, you know, and them it's not easy to navigate. And so kudos to both of them for sharing that not easy. <laughs> well, they you were know. doing, they were doing very well at it. It was very important to them yeah. to be amicable and have that. And it wasn't foreign to Katie because, um, her father and I are divorced now, but we're amicable. You know, mm-hmm. when we get together and we're all in the same, you know, like at Utah, let's say, for instance, for Christmas, Katie's dad's there. I mean, we're in, and that's how I was raised as well. My my parents divorced when I was a young teenager, but my father was always included. So it was nothing unusual. But when the cast members started interjecting their thoughts and opinions that this is stupid. You want to be friends, you know, that's when all the chaos yeah. started happening, you know, so it was, it, it, it's difficult enough. And it, 
I felt like Katie was being attacked from every direction. Just the filming of the castmates, with the social media, the you know, just everything, and it just whew, it was it was hard. That's why you saw me crying so much. I know. I mean, it's. it's- <laughs> Oh, well, let's talk about that. So, you know, you shared with me at BravoCon that when you were filming, um, I forgot if they were at Tom, I think it was at Tom Tom. I, I can't remember. Um, and, it, you know, Raquel was being very, uh, Rachel was being rude towards you. Uh, Tom Sandoval was kind of yelling. And it felt like more had been going on than what we had seen on the show. Like what, you know, mm-hmm. obviously, they have to, you know, make it so it fits the 42 minutes or whatever it is, but your son stepped in and said something. And I think we saw that. And I thought, huh, he seems very upset. I feel like more must have happened for him to get that upset than just what we had seen, which already was upsetting, right? But for someone who's not normally on TV, who is a private citizen who's not interested in becoming famous, which is your son, mm-hmm. him to interject in that way, I thought, oh, what else was going on? Well, actually, that part wasn't shown. It was sort of talked about. Oh, it was talked oh, about. We didn't it was, see it. It was talked about because I was, okay. <laughs> I was so proud of my son. And both my um, sons are very overprotective of not only of Mia, but of their sister. You know, they're just, uh, my kids are very, very close and support each other. And um, no, it it wasn't shown. And well, up to the point is when I just, and I wasn't yelling at Rachel. I'll tell you what, Mandy, kind of a little secret. (laughs) I was, (laughs) this is what really bothered me. And I just kept thinking, I hope they don't show it. I hope they don't show it. I, you know, when you film and you get caught up in the moment, you really do forget the cameras are there, you know, and it was such an emotional time. And it really triggered me a lot when Rachel said to Katie, when they were having that argument, and she said, and I don't appreciate you calling Tom about the dogs. It was like, wait a second, this is not a your business. And so that's when I started talking. And then at one point when I told um, Rachel, Raquel, to shut up, that wasn't a proud moment for me at mm-hmm. all. And I was so embarrassed. And I thought, oh, my gosh, they're going to who says shut up to another, you know, kid or adult or anybody, you know. Um, so that was just that ate at me and ate at me and ate at me. And then when I saw it, I thought, oh, no. And then when Katie kept telling me, Mom, it's okay. It's okay. You know, so I'm not filming anymore. But then what had happened is um, Sandoval came over and got in my face and told me to shut, shut the F up. Yep. It's, none of my, it's none of my effing business. And it's then it, you know, then I said, well, she's my daughter. Of course, it's my business. And he just, you know how he sticks his face out and his veins pop out and oh, he started gosh. yelling at me. And he was like, this close to me. I know people can't see. And my son, who was off, he wasn't mic'd or anything. He just came over and stepped in and said, please don't talk to my mom that way. You're being very disrespectful. And so he stepped right back out. And then Sandoval started coming at me again. I can't I can't remember everything that was said. I do remember Christina Kelly saying, "Why are you why are you yelling at uh Terry? Look at your your girlfriend over there crying." But my son had to step in a couple of times wow. to 
you know, and not in a threatening manner, just telling them, you know, look at if you don't stop right now, I'm going to do something about it. And I know Sandoval said something to him back, like I'm filming a show here, something. It was so long ago, but it it was quite upset. Yeah. But it, it, it was to me, I was like flabbergasted. One, I've never had anybody talk to me like that, especially a, a, a man, a, well, anybody to be in my face and tell me that it's none of my business. And why am I saying these things? And um, I was, so I was very proud of, of my son at the moment. I don't know why they showed it and it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You know, it was just part of what had happened, but it was, yeah. it was quite upsetting. And um, it's funny because I ran into Sandoval at the, in the hospitality suite at BravoCon and he just, he said hi to me, but he didn't look me in the eye. He just kind of looked down and said, hey, oh, how you doing? Interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, he must be yeah. ashamed of his behavior. And, you know, one thing I'll say about him is he says that he has been sober for like six or seven months, which I do think is a positive step. You know, I'm sure he, drinking doesn't help when you have, when you're angry and acting out. You know, you've known him a while. You've seen him on the show. He's been friends with your daughter. He's been best friends with your former son-in-law. Have you ever seen the side of him that we saw on season 10 prior to season 10? Which which, which part are you like talking the, about? The <laughs> anger, the um, it just kind of talking down to people, you know, it, it I feel like when I'd been watching, I hadn't seen those things from him, but maybe I need to do a rewatch <laughs> after after season okay. 10. I will tell you this, for Sandoval being one of the original cast members throughout the year, I've been with him on many s- different social events, um, stuff like that. I have never, ever, he's been the one that's been least cordial to me. I've never really gotten to know him at all. Um, he's never acknowledged me up until... We were filming that before he got on my face earlier. We were filming early. Yes. And, um, but my opinion of him throughout the years, I I've recognized that part of him. Yes. So it didn't surprise me. It surprised me that he did it to me. I've seen him react that way to Katie and to other um, female cast members, but it really surprised me that he did that. To me, Katie's mom, um, I, I don't know. I just um, w- was very shocked. I, I, to this day, still can't believe that it, it happened. Um, but, you know, just I yeah. can't I can't make any excuses for him. I, I did nothing wrong. He just like he said to my son, I'm I'm creating a show here. You know, <laughs> we're filming well, a show. He did create a show and he definitely got some backlash for that. So he, he won't admit it. He says he did not do any of that, but there was <sighs> several people sitting right there. And that fact, like I said, the fact that my son had to step in yeah. and break it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about something a little bit more fun. So okay. you have become best friends with Dana Stasi's mom over the years. I want to know, did that friendship start when Katie and Stassi started becoming friends? Or was it kind of later on and when the show was going? You know, when did that friendship start? 
It was after the show had been filming. And I believe the first time I met Dana was at a, the premiere, one of the premiere parties Okay, years ago, years ago. And we headed off right away. We went out to dinner. Um, we went to dinner at Sir, just me and Dana got to know each other a little bit better. But then when uh, Katie and Tommy had all their wedding festivities, we became closer. And then at Katie's wedding, we just became set. We just, we instantly bonded. We are Katie or Katie. Dana is the funnest, silliest person. We have so much fun together. I think, you know, that, and it's not just because Katie and Stassi are best friends. Yeah. I think because of their relationship. I don't know. I do. You know, I'm a little bit, or Katie's a little bit like me. Stassi's a little bit like her mom. We just connected. It was, it's funny because we just love each other to death. Um, Dana has an aunt that lives in Las Vegas. So when Dana comes out to visit her aunt, we always get together and go out dancing and do things. And we try to see each other as much when we're here, but you know, we're constantly, we have so much fun together. Yeah. We just hit it off instantly. That's so fun. That's so fun. She's a great friend. You know, often on these reality shows, best friends seem to have falling outs when one cast member stays on the show and one leaves the show. And I've just been so in awe over Katie and Stassi's friendship, not just remaining um, while Stassi was off the show and Katie stayed on, but it even grew with Katie becoming the godmother to Hartford. You know, mm-hmm. they just seem so, so close. Um, you know, was it tough f- for you and Dana's friendship at all or anything when Stassi left the show? Did that cause, I don't know, I'm having trouble remembering because it was a while ago, but did that cause any friction with anything? Oh, no, not yeah. at all. Not That's at all. As a matter of fact, we were just there to support. We always, we've always been there to support each other through every challenge that our daughters have been through, whether it's just because it's not just because it's TV, it's our daughters, you know. So, yeah. no, that didn't that didn't change at all. No, we and to this day, we're just such good, good friends. Yeah, the, all the moms are great. You know, I think it's so because that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, go we ahead. Have, no, we have a common bond, of course, and I've—I think I've met all of them now. Um, Kristen's mom—we we don't get to see her that much because she's not here that often. But she's a blast. She's like, just like Kristen. She's just <laughs> so down to earth. And I mo- more recently met Lala's mom. I would say within this year. And you know what? Just like with Dana, uh, Lisa, and I, Lala's mom, we just hit it off. I mean, we just have a really nice friendship now. And we try to see each other every time in town. We just had dinner um, the other night, a couple of nights ago. And I just love her to death too. I've probably known Sheena's mom the longest, which I love. She's very, very kind. We've never, we're close, but we're, we don't have the same kind of close friendship that I do with Dana or with um, Lisa now. Uh, let's see. Allie's mom, I met at oh. BravoCon. She's and, I and, love uh, Allie. And, oh, love. and her, her mom is just as sweet as her. Her mom is just so, so sweet. I met James' mom. I've met them all. And so, um, well, I haven't met Sandoval's mom, you know. Yeah. But ironically enough, her name's Terry, too. <laughs> <laughs> she, seems, she seems like she's a, a, a real kick, too. She seems really sweet, you know, so... Yeah, it's it's special, you know. It's we have th- this um, 
show that we share with, you know, our kids. But like you said, Stassi hasn't been on the show for a long time, but we're still really, really close. And I just love all the girls, too. I just yeah. love, 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 love the girls. So and and we all care about our each other's daughters as if there are our own. So because we've been through a lot with them. You let's have. Face it. My God. You know, you know does it feel sort of like a sisterhood of the moms? Like when you meet them, you have something in common already? Yes, that's it. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we have, um, there's a lot that we share in, in, in common, very much so. Yeah. And then I guess my final question is, and you can't speak for the other moms, but kind of what was sort of the mom experience of Scandival? Like, this show that a lot of us love, that millions watch, all of a sudden became worldwide. <laughs> and it was on CNN, and it's, you know, uh, the White House Correspondents' Dinner. And, you know, my dad had to ask me what was going on because he <laughs> he had seen it in the news somewhere. And he reads the Wall Street Journal. <laughs> right. Know? I know. It's. I was just as shocked with the world as you all were. You know, I mean, the, the world, the um, way it was exposed and the way it was just like you said, on CNN, and all of a sudden, everybody knew it was like, wow, I mean, the the whole gist of, I mean, the whole scenario that took place was shocking enough. But then as it just reached out, I, I don't, I don't know, it was it, to me, I'm still surprised, it, you know, that it took it, on it, a life of its own in a way that uh, felt yes. a little bit scary. You know, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just like people are just have so many opinions, so many and obviously, right, I think many um, women, especially, really saw themselves in Ariana and anyone who's been through that level of betrayal, really mm-hmm. connected. Uh, yes, but it it sort of felt like for me as a fan of the show and someone who really did enjoy Tom Sandoval on the show, I always said, oh, I would love to be friends with him. He's got so many weird interests. Like I find that fun and quirky and interesting. You know, we felt betrayed, right? Like you're not the person exactly. that we thought you were. And you're not taking accountability for the fact that you are, that you have flaws, right? That you made major mistakes, Exactly. And it wasn't just the fact that he had cheated on Ariana. That in itself was bad enough. But how he deceived the entire friendship group, you know, and how he manipulated things and how he tried to get Tommy and Raquel together Mm -hmm. to sort of, you know, all that stuff. And it was like, when you look at the whole map of the thing, it was like mind blowing. It's like, wow, here we thought that Tommy and Raquel were having this thing and then it turned into something completely different. I mean, I was just, I was, I was shocked. <laughs> I, was like, I can't even imagine, just, honestly. Yeah. Well, um, thank you. You've been so generous with your time. My goodness. Um, you know, thank you for oh, being it's so on. Much fun. I, I love chatting yeah. with you. Like as soon as I met you, I felt like I had known you for so long. 
you know, is there any sort of final words or final thoughts that you would want listeners to take away from this? You know, you know me, I like to try and be a little kind towards these, even if I have strong opinions on these shows, Mm -hmm. you know, I could always change them. But I try and think of these are real human beings that are on TV. Um, And that's sort of what I always try and remind people of. Uh, Is there any sort of takeaway that you would want people to have um, from listening to you? A takeaway from myself? Yeah, like a takeaway of like, oh, remember that these are real people, that they have mothers. (laughs) Because it is kind of easy to think of them as characters. Exactly. Yes. And they are real people living their real true life. These girls and the whole entire cast. I mean, what you see is definitely real life, you know, and when I, when I'm filming with Katie, it's like, I'm not trying to be a cast member. I'm part of her, her real life, you know, but I think the thing that I want to say that just really um, overwhelmed me and I'm so grateful for is all the love that was shown at BravoCon. I mean, that whole experience for me to be able to share it with Katie and just see the love just makes up for, all the bad things that have ever been said, you know, and even the some of the people that recognized me and came up and thanked me for they could relate to us as being mother and daughter. I mean, that was just like, um, it meant a lot to me for those people that came up and said hi and wanted pictures from me too. It's like, I'm not trying to be a mom here stealing the limelight from my daughter. But, <laughs> but, but I always appreciate when someone wants to meet me or something, you know? Um, so I just, that my take, the, I guess the takeaway is, is I'm just grateful for those people that are just true fans and true loyal fans and, um, show love, you know, that's show love and appreciation for what the cast puts out. Oh, well that is, that is very sweet. I, I really feel like a renewed energy around Bravo after BravoCon. It's important for me to the people that I kind of criticize sometimes to see them and to thank them for being vulnerable and showing their lives on camera. You know, I've been a little bit critical of Larsa lately (laughs) on The Real Housewives of Miami, but you know. But you know, Mandy, that again, I want to acknowledge that even though you do that, you do that in a very positive way good tone. I mean, we all, you know, we all can be critical. And, and it's one thing of being critical and being negative and nasty. But you say it in such a relatable way. Let's yeah. put it that way. Um, and that's one show I have to catch up on. I love Miami. And oh, I haven't been able to so start good. the new season yet. Yeah. I, oh, I'm a big, you're in for a treat. Yeah. Well, I, I, I watched the, um, the old Miami when it was season one through yes and so I was so happy when they brought it back yes I love all the housewife shows there's every single one (laughs) do you have any favorite wait what's your favorite franchise before we go oh well you know it changes from year to year okay this Mm -hmm. year I would have to say it's always been Beverly Hills but I Salt Lake yep yeah. And not and not just because I'm from not just because I'm from Utah. It's just they they really they finally has have a class that a cast that clicks and they're just yeah, they're putting it all out there and it's great. It is so great. And you're so great. And thank you so much for being so generous with your time. Um share with people, you know, where they can find you if you want them to find you. Um, <laughs> and anything else that you would wanna share or plug. Um 
Well, th thank you so much for having me. I like we. I wanted to talk to you longer at BravoCon as well, and so this was fabulous. Um, well, I'm on Instagram, Terry Maloney underscore, and I'm always happy to connect with people. I love chatting with people. So, if you want to chat, you know, just if if you have something nice nice to say, great. If not, then <laughs> don't. go away. <laughs> go away. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much for, you know, for chatting with me, for, you know, being supportive of my podcast and my, you know, my my fun sort of creativity outlet and uh, for, you know, sharing your life on camera as well, you know, oh. and for sharing your daughter with us. Oh, well, thank you so much. And I, I, maybe next year we'll meet up again. Oh, yeah. I want to come. I mean, we can... You know, you'll you'll be busy. Maybe if we come in a day early, we could grab drinks or something. That would be awesome. <laughs> well, well be let's so stay fun. in touch. Okay. Yes, we'll stay in touch. Thank you so much, Mandy. Yeah.